0: Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the Redemption Hill podcast. We are a community of people learning the way of Jesus to bless our city of Boise, Idaho and beyond. Redemption Hill is a unique place. We are a collective of micro churches that do life together throughout the week and gather on Sundays to grow, worship, and celebrate what God is doing in our city. You are invited to join us Sundays at 9 a.m. at Discovery Church in Boise where you can find the community you need in any season of your life. More details can be found at redemptionboise.org. Up next is the teaching segment from this week's Sunday gathering. Afterwards, stay tuned for more information on how to get connected at Redemption Hill.
1: We started two weeks ago, new sermon series. We're calling um, Therefore Go. And we're talking about who we are and why we're here. And this is a, uh, a second part to that. And we're going to be walking through a, a series of training space. First couple weeks are going to be a bit of content and vision. And then after that, it's going to be a lot of us working through some things together as teams and as people. And uh, one of those things is that we are a network of micro church. And what that means is that what we do on Sundays is a part of what we are, but it's not the center of who we are. The center of who we are is how we live our lives together as extended family, spiritual family, on mission, doing life together, living out our faith through service and proclamation of the kingdom of God. And then God has a particular mission field that he's called us to into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces. And um, I want to highlight one quick thing, and that's that we have a micro church um, retreat coming up, and it's going to be up in uh, McCall the first weekend of March, right Andrew? We'll, we'll have an announcement later. But I just want to get that on your radar. If you help lead a church in our community, or you feel like God's telling you it's time to step out into leadership or start dreaming about maybe a new mission field God's calling you to, that's for you. And I have one selling point, no kids are allowed. So it's going to be a great weekend. Um, and we'd love to have you come join us up there the first weekend of March. Did you know, it may not feel like it, but we are truly living in unprecedented times. Right now, the kingdom of God, the gospel, is spreading throughout the world at a rate that we have not witnessed maybe in the full 2,000 years of the movement of Jesus' people. In the places where the gospel is growing, it's growing like wildfire. It has taken off. And for most of us in the West, that sounds shocking to hear. Because we're we're watching the front row of the decline of Western Christendom and its influence on our society. And probably for some of you, you have friends where they have an almost allergic reaction to the word church. And for many in our community, it's even, it's hard to imagine that there could be some sort of radical fruit in other places, but that's the reality. God is moving all over the world. The gospel is spreading faster and the world is being transformed more than maybe even any time since the first three centuries of the people of God. The book of Acts may be playing itself out a thousand times over all over the world. There's gospel movements or church planting movements that are happening, disciple making movements. They're starting to break out, resulting in generations of new disciples new gatherings of followers of Jesus we call the church, and new leaders who are saturating entire regions with the proclamation and the fulfillment of the kingdom of God in their presence. There are movements in India that have seen millions upon millions of new followers of Jesus. Tens of thousands of new churches. Um, Similar numbers are happening in China over the last decades at its height. These movements just in India and China have seen 10,000 new disciples per day at its height. Indigenous movements seem to be taking over all over Africa. Um, There's tens of thousands of churches who have emerged as new believers in the past decade alone. And the last five years, similar things are happening in countries like Honduras and Cuba. Discovery, Bible studies, new fellowships, numbers in the tens of thousands. And the growth is not slowing down. The underground church in the Middle East has not only seen similar results, but it's the place where movements are growing their fastest. And God seems to be specifically doing a new thing among Muslims in our world. And every region of the Muslim world is experiencing multiplying gospel movements. That's just a snapshot. Every sort of culture, from rural to urban, from eastern to western, from black to white to brown, is seeing gospel movements emerge within them. I had the privilege a few years ago of meeting a man uh, named Sam Stevens. He leads the India Gospel League and they have planted over 75,000 churches through disciple making movements across India. And the question for many Americans then is for many of us is why couldn't that happen here among us? What could God do if we sought him in all these things? This is the work that we are trying to do here. We're not trying to have a great big church that serves millions of people. What we're trying to do is be a people who have been transformed by God and take with us into every part of our city the presence of God and invite people to experience Him through His Word and through community. What is happening there is not unattainable here. And In reality, the the tide is beginning to shift. It It may appear from the outside that the church in America is dying on the surface level, but there's a very tangible undercurrent in unseen places amid things like global pandemics and deep political division and systemic racism. The Lord seems to be drawing hearts to himself in a new and powerful way. The world and its answers are not satisfying the desires of hearts. and In many ways, our day's environment is ripe for God's move and mirrors what we see around the world. We know that if we want to see new fruit, if we want to see things like kingdom movement, it's going to require what we do and how we look to be different. Although many churches and Christians have yet to wake up from this the slumber, the sleep, the Holy Spirit is already moving. He's already working and stirring more and more people every day to rise up and remember our sent missionary identity, that we have been sent out from God as a part of his mission. And Christian leaders in the West are increasingly taking on humility as we seek and talk to and learn from those in the global South, those who are seeing movement. New prayer movements are starting to spread around our country as the Holy Spirit stirs people to cry out for our nation and to join him in our neighborhoods and networks in which he's already placed us. From high school students to baby boomers, to prisoners, to suburban neighborhoods, refugee communities, addiction recovery homes, Discovery Bible studies and prayer movements and micro churches are being born in every sort of environment, and in certain parts of our country, megachurches have even radically changed their structure to function as mission training centers. We're partnered with a church in Chicago called the uh, It's called Community Christian Church. It's a megachurch with fifteen thousand people across several different campuses, and they've launched a hundred micro churches, independent missionaries into their city not taking any of those people as a part of like their regular gatherings but saying go and be the church and see new things happen we see our friends at kansas city underground a movement of micro church that has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people stepping out on mission partnering with god local mission sending agencies giving them the tools and support we see our friends at the tampa underground who have 200 micro church that are reaching tens of thousands of people from sex workers to teenagers to drug addicts we see our friends um, with the Soma movement of churches who are Planting these networks of micro and house churches We've been working here with a group of five micro church and house church networks to create a mission sending agency we call the syndicate dedicated to gospel saturation which is to see gospel people living on mission in every nook and cranny of our city. Here's the truth. We see the first fruits of this significant gospel movement right here in the United States and the question is whether or not is is whether or not we're going to join in God with God as he invites his people to live into this movement dream of seeing a movement of gospel happen around us. We've been a part of a movement here in our city where we've helped plant 75 churches over the last six years. 75 new missionary teams going out into neighborhoods around us saying, we're going to live so that others might find Christ. That's movement, friends. That's new ground being taken. That's people being activated into their calling, being equipped for the gospel. Um, we are a part of a, an, an international movement called New Thing that has globally planted 8,684 churches in 69 countries over the last 10 years. There's movements of kingdom work happening. A disciple-making movement—they're a sociological phenomenon that are that are measurable. And generally speaking, in the mission world, it's something considered a movement when there's four plus generations like we saw in the video four plus generations of disciple making disciples who make disciples it's much like we see in second timothy 2 when paul entrusts timothy who will teach faithful men to teach others also four generations of disciple makers and women yeah sorry about that i i learned that verse before i learned greek that's on me <laughs> i i made a mistake um disciple making movements are something that we can see and it doesn't just change people's personal internal lives it changes family systems it changes our communities raise your hand here if becoming a follower of jesus has transformed your marriage or your family our entire village of relationships is being transformed as we seek and understand what god wants for us But what that's gonna take is for us to radically shift how we think about what we're called to, rethinking from traditional church models into more movement thinking. Um, The first is we have to shift our thinking from human strategy as the power that's going to innovate for us to extraordinary prayer and fasting as the power that will drive the engine of the church. We have to stop thinking that we need to extract people from their network of relationships so we can disciple them at church and instead thinking, how can we plant the gospel in their existing networks of friends and family and work? We need to stop thinking that discipleship is about knowledge and start thinking that discipleship and becoming more like Christ starts with our obedience. Taking whatever we hear from God and doing what he says. We need to stop thinking about lecture-based teaching, like what I'm doing right now, (laughs) and moving towards more discovery-based learning where we're reading God's word and asking what is God doing in the midst of it. We need to stop thinking that we need to just send out the gifted experts and start thinking to send the ordinary and the willing. You guys have been seeing the There's a new round of Geico commercials where the caveman is like really deeply offended that like they're still showing that 15 years later. And like the reality is the gospel is so simple, even you can do it. (laughs) Even I can do it. We are all called to this work. We need to stop thinking about discipleship. It only means one-on-one. That's mentoring. That's actually not discipleship. Discipleship happens in community, in groups of people. We need to stop thinking about evangelism and then discipleship, like we're going to get them to be converted and then we're going to teach them the way of the kingdom, where actually discipleship is how we become followers of Jesus. We're going to teach people the way of the kingdom before they even decide to become Jesus' people so that it makes sense to them when they start their walk with God. We need to stop thinking about addition and start thinking about multiplication. We don't just want to grab one-off people here and there, but we want to ask where's God at work and how can we launch the gospel into those spaces. We need to stop thinking of church as an organization and start thinking of the church as spiritual families, of micro church, these extended spiritual families on mission together. So if you were to look at um, the church playing movements from 10,000 feet in the air, you're going to see certain elements that are in every single one of those, and I wanna wanna bring them to your attention. This is all around the world. Missiologists look at what God does and how he does it so that we can make sure we don't miss out on it in our context, and this is what they see. First is that there is extraordinary fasting and prayer, people who are deeply committed to a life of hearing from God and submitting completely to him and to his will. And so a prayer movement precedes every single gospel movement that you'll see throughout the world. It doesn't start with activity. It doesn't start with strategy. It starts with people saying, God, would you move among us? God, would you show us where you're at work? Because the Holy Spirit is always working among all people to draw people to himself, and sometimes we pay attention and join in the work that he's always doing. Malia and I spent uh, 10 years of our lives starting Uh, disciple-making groups and movements among teenagers. And where we saw this movemental force on high school campuses where 50 or 100 kids would start their walk with God and start to participate in God's kingdom work, it always started with a group of five moms who said, I'm going to pray for my kids, I'm going to pray for my kids' school. And we see movement born out of that. Even at Birch Elementary over in Nampa, my sister and her friends started praying uh, that God would help them raise their kids and help them love their community. And out of that, they started a good news club that has 70 kids showing up week in and week out in a public elementary school. What we see is that when we are praying, we discover and discern where God's already at work. and We join him in it. And in, in this training environment, we're gonna discuss how to, how to implement missional prayer practices that help us focus on the context and the people who God has already called you to. We see in Acts one and two, the people that are following Jesus, after he was risen from the dead, Jesus says, hey, hang out here, don't worry, I'm gonna to come to you, but while you're waiting, pray. And they pray for 40 days. And then on Pentecost, God unleashes the Holy Spirit, and then they become a movement of prayer and of mission. They're both together. It's not one or the other. They both work alongside one another. And God has already been tilling the ground among us here at Redemption Hill. We just celebrated one year of our prayer ministry. Can I get a amen on that? That's something to celebrate. Yeah, let's do it really allowed to do that. Um, but we, we've had a prayer ministry that's been gathering almost weekly for the last year. Monthly we gather as elders to pray for you and God has been doing some significant work in our hearts. That's what precedes movement. The second is that we see people who are living as missionaries. What, it, what does that mean to live as missionaries? It means living knowing that our vocation, although it's alongside of the work that we do in the world, that our primary vocation is ones who are sent by God alongside him into his mission of the world in redeeming and bringing justice and restoration to all of creation. And that the primary way that happens is by proclaiming and living the kingdom of God. This is our work. This is all of our work. This is your calling. This is my calling is to be a part of what God is doing. And so we start to take on that vocation and start living out um, what we've called the the blessed rhythms, which is the work of hospitality, of sharing our lives with people far from God, of listening to him, of reading his word, and seeing God start to work among us. We start to look and identify those who are spiritually interested around us, those people in Luke 10 that um, we kind of call persons of peace, people who listen to us, people who like us, and people who care enough to serve us and, and and care for our needs. Those are the people that God starts to bring into our lives. And the third is we plant the gospel where we live as mi- missionaries. And so we find the people that God has prepared to hear the message. And instead of extracting people from their relational networks, we go where they go and we help them start making disciples from the ground up where they live. In the everyday live- rhythms of life, we focus on a simple, effective tool. Um, we we work We call it hearing and doing, but it's functionally what we call discovery Bible study, which is we read God's word, we listen to him, what he says, and then we do what he tells us to do. It's a really simple process. It doesn't require a master's degree in theology to actually obey what God wants you to do. Some might argue that having a master's degree in theology prevents you from doing what God's called you to do. And so we need to get simpler and start listening better to God. Um, in Acts 2 42, it gives us kind of the the rhythms of the earliest church it says all the believers devoted themselves to the Apostles teaching which was the gospel they didn't have um, the New Testament that we have they didn't have the Gospels so they would listen to what the Apostles said and then they would regurgitate and repeat what they heard from the gospel from the from the Apostles they devoted themselves to the Apostles teaching to fellowship which is hospitality around the table and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. It's a really simple formula. And a deep sense of wonder, of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders. This is a part of what what happens in movements, is that the Holy Spirit breaks in to demonstrate the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean that all things will be made right through miraculous signs and wonders, but it's a taste of the kingdom of God so that we don't miss out on it. And all the believers, they met together in one place. So they had temple. They met together in the temple courts to stay focused on the mission together. And then they shared everything that they had. Lived a radical kind of generosity. They sold their property and possessions. They shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple every day. And then they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people and each day the Lord added to the fellowship those who were trying those who were being saved now you see there's a really simple formula pray listen to teaching obey it with radical generosity towards others gather together all together to keep our vision clear gather in homes for the real life transformation that we're hoping for this is what the gospel does as it transforms our homes and our lives And then what we see is that church emerges out of these disciple-making environments. The disciples grow and they learn together. New faith families start to emerge out of these households who are doing life together. And within the syndicate and here at Redemption Hill, we call these simple expressions of church micro-church. And in the book of Acts and within movements worldwide, believers primarily gather, gathering occurs within homes the average, house, the average church in the world meets in a home in, with under 30 people. And micro-churches, they can love and serve one another and worship intimately together and be on mission in powerful ways together. They're lightweight, inexpensive, and easily reproducible from context to context. And when followers of Jesus engage in worship, community, and mission, that up-in-and-out minimum ecclesiology that we talk about, they are the church. And so what, what happens next? So we have radical prayer and fasting. Here, I'll, I, got a, I got a visual for you. Ready? Here's the missionary pathway. We have radical prayer and fasting. And then we live the blessed rhythms as missionaries. We plant the gospel through this hearing and doing of God's word, discovery Bible study. And then the church emerges out of those relationships. And then multiplication happens because as we become followers of Jesus and get sent out, we each have a context that we're sent to and we start raising up new disciples and new followers of Jesus. So, hearing stories of what God is doing around the world, among disciple-making movements, in some ways is breathtaking. The book of Acts is happening all over again, and, and as followers of Jesus here in the U.S., we are crying out to the Lord, not that we would have bigger and better gatherings of the people of God, that we would see a similar kind of work in our nation, in our cities. That as followers of Jesus, this isn't merely a pipe dream, but rather it's the example of what we see in the New Testament. The gospel, when it's released, when it's multiplied, when it's transformative, it's possessing the power to radically change entire families, neighborhoods, cities, and even a culture. And the best part is that God is inviting you and me to join in this epic story of redemption. He's not just calling the experts and the educated or even the super gifted on this journey. It's actually the opposite. Jesus is inviting normal, ordinary people like you and me who are willing and obedient. And My question to you is this. Do you follow Jesus? Are you willing to say yes to his calling and his vocation that he has given you? He has sent you and me as missionaries out into the world. Jesus is inviting ordinary people who are willing and obedient. And if we have the right posture to make disciples in our everyday lives, God can do some incredible things. And our job, those of us who lead this network of micro churches, is not to do the work for you it's not to entertain you with stories and great music so that you have something to do at nine o'clock on Sunday mornings. It's to mobilize, to train, and to encourage you to do what God is calling you to. And this is this is how we figured out how to pursue Jesus in this church planting journey that Redemption Hill's been on. We don't want to lose our souls and lose our minds trying to build something that isn't useful and doesn't create movement among us. The first is this. We're all in this together. This isn't my mission. This is our mission. This is the king's mission, and we are focused on doing what he wants. And so this is an all play. Everyone in, grab your rope and start pulling because all of us have a part to play. We are not consumers. We don't come to get something from this. We come to contribute, to be a part. We are a family and we're not gonna be a dysfunctional family where mom and dad do everything. We're gonna be a healthy family where it multiplies into capable, smart, hardworking people who are called and equipped for the world around us. We're gonna create simple, small expressions of the people of God who listen to his voice and do it. We're going to do it in a decentralized way. You probably get frustrated that we don't give you enough direction on what to do. Some of you are really good at taking orders from other people and you're hoping someone's going to tell you what to do. We are a decentralized network and it is part of your work is to listen to God and do what he says, not what I say. So I want to call you out to say, what is God calling you to? Some of you have this limit in your mind of what you're capable of because you don't believe that God has given you more than what's in front of you. But what we see is that when God's spirit goes into people, they're radically transformed and their capabilities are expanded and God has something inside of you that's underutilized yet. And that includes leading and teaching and showing the way of the kingdom in every part of your life. And so we're a decentralized movement that's calling everybody to own. We, we want to give permission and not take control. And so if you're around here, you are commissioned. You are called and equipped and sent out to do God's work in the world. Don't wait for me to say yes. I probably won't say no. That's the answer, okay? Just go for whatever God's calling you to. Um, we want to be movemental. We want to be focused on creating the least amount of barriers and friction to the work rather than um, being organizational. Now, we want to create structures and trellises for the movement of God to run along. We want to support you like a mission-sending agency, giving you the resourcing and the training and the coaching and the partnership and what you're called to do. But we don't want to get in the way of that if you're waiting for us. So don't wait for us. Get going. We believe as a community in the radical, abundant provision of God for all of our needs and all of his calling. And so if God has given you a dream on your heart or a calling and and you think that there's not enough, the answer is don't sit on God, man. He's got everything that you need and more. He has more resource than you can imagine. He has people that are going to come along you in your calling and in your mission. So don't wait for the resources to show up. If he says go, go, and trust that he's going to bring along with you everything that you need. That's why, like, (laughs) this drives a few of you crazy, but we we don't live with big margins around our little community here because anytime you got a big bank account, it means that you're not trusting God for what comes in next next year. And we really wanna radically believe that God is always gonna provide for what he calls us to. And so we're gonna leave our money out on the field rather than holding it back. We're gonna use it how we can. We believe that deep friendships and partnerships with hundreds of others and, and, and having fellowship because there's missionaries God's called all over our city. There's thousands of people that God has raised up and equipped and they're a part of our team. And so we're not going to, we're not going to fight with them and we're not going to compete with them. We're going to link arms and say, let's go after the kingdom work together. And it's why we're building, um, these shared, um, environments for training missionaries with what we call our our syndicate, this this missionary sending agency. I'm going to invite the band to come up. They're probably a little confused because it's only 10.02, but, you know, things happen. I get going and moving along. We're going to take a minute right now before communion, and I want to invite you to pray. I want to invite you to listen to God because God has an invitation for you. The invitation is this. Jesus gave it to his disciples. We give it to our disciples. Jesus is saying this to you. Come and follow me. Hit your wagon to the king of all creation. And he's going to transform you into people who bring the kingdom of God, become fishers of men. But those two things are inextricably linked. If you want to follow Jesus, you will join in the mission of the kingdom of God. They can't be torn apart. They're together. And some of you are saying, well, I I want Jesus to be my comfort and my guide, but I only want him to guide me where I want to go. I want him to be the shepherd who only leads me beside still waters. I want him to be the shepherd who keeps me in the green pastures and doesn't take me out to new places. But if you want to have the intimacy and the relationship with God, it means that you say, I'm going to follow you where you call me to. And this room is filled with people. Now, let me give a caveat. Some of you are in a season where you are being taken through a deep valley of pain and going through the valley of the shadow of death. I think that primarily what God is doing is he's convincing you that he is a good shepherd so that you will follow him. And this season is a time of preparation for calling. So don't hear from me that you need to do more. Your work is in following Christ to the cross and out into new life. Continue on in that journey. But many of you have been prepared and equipped. Many of you have experienced transformation in discipleship. Many of you are being transformed in the way of the kingdom and you have so much to offer. And I want you to pray. I want you to listen and say, God, what is my place? What is my purpose? What is the 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 people or the group that you're calling me to. And then I, I, I don't want you to make any plans right now. If the, if the Father is calling you or bringing something to your mind, saying, I will follow you, Jesus, to the ends of the earth, wherever you call me, I will give myself to you because where else am I going to go to find life? Who else are you going to follow who's going to bring you into a journey that's meaningful, that brings life and brings restoration and justice and peace to a world that needs it there's nowhere else to go jesus is the answer and so this is just a time of surrender saying i will go where the father has called me you have a particular part to play when we refuse to do our part the whole body suffers i need you to play your part the world around us needs you to play your part We need your particular calling, we need your special gifts. We need people who pray unceasingly. We need people who lead with character. We need people who serve their neighbors with their hands. We need people who offer hospitality to their neighbors and to the poor and to the prisoner. We need people who are passionate about sharing Jesus with their neighbors. We need people who can get things done and think strategically and operationally. We need people who do great work in their industry and look to see how to serve God there. We need people who love kids, teens, and young adults to open their homes, to share their lives with them as missionaries to the next generation. We need people who love the poor and wanna share their lives with them. We need people who love the oppressed, the marginalized, the refugee, the foreigners living among us. We need generous people who are called to share their resources in radical ways. We need people who will take their skills to serve the world around them. We need you and your unique self to say yes to Jesus, to say, I am yours. And so I want you to take some time. The band's going to pray. I want you to listen to the Father. And I'm, I'm going to invite some of you to, to stand up here in a moment and say yes to the Father and to his calling in your life and come forward and receive communion because that's the symbol of communion, saying I'm in with God through his death and into new life.
0: Thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe to get the weekly episodes in your podcast feed. You can find out more on how to get connected with Redemption Hill at redemptionboise.org connection, where you can fill out the connect card and start your journey today. For regular encouragement throughout the week, follow us on Instagram at redemptionboise. We are so glad you're here and are excited to accompany you in your story with God. We hope to see you soon.